Wow, we yeah, Did it's it's stupid. Somewhere? It's really stupid. And the home of the Welcome to episode 73 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers, and it is hockey season. We are underway. I mean, the NHL is underway. We, James and I, are also underway uh, as we got to play last weekend and and you know you may very well have been underway i know several leagues that are in the midst of one of their seasons and i just i'm i'm talking basically about the nhl that's that's what i'm you know i i assume you're probably an nhl fan of some stripe since you know you like hockey obviously cuz i can't think of any other reason why you'd be listening to this podcast but if you are a fan of the nhl then you already know that the season's underway I am completely rambling already. I apologize. It's going to be one of those shows. How are you, James? I'm doing well, thank you, and yourself. Yeah, I'm good. Obviously, I'm in I'm in mid podcast form. So uh, <laughs> I'm in mid season form already, and the season just started. Well, you have a good excuse. I'm sure you were a little bit hopped up on uh, some birthday cake at the recording of this podcast. Correct? Actually, no cake today. Oh, uh, well, what James is referring to is that today as we record, was my daughter Julia's birthday. She just turned seven. She is my big girl. And uh, we actually went to Applebee's for dinner and had, like, ice cream and stuff for dessert. And my wife and I had a cookie sundae. So, um, and Julia had, like, a hot fudge shooter. So, yeah, no cake today, but I'm sure that'll come. Okay, great. Well, very, very, very happy birthday to your lovely daughter, and I hope she has a great year to come. Thank you. Yes, I am a proud papa, so... So there's that. But uh, how was your week, James? Uh, pretty good. Uh, again, just going through the uh, what's going on in, around this country and stuff like that. Our sympathies, again, go out to the lovely people of California as all the wildfires are going on over there. And hopefully everybody will be okay and things will calm down and they'll rebuild. But I'm eating crow in the meantime, too. I don't know if Superfan Sue heard the last edition of Hit the Deck when Gary and I talked about our predictions for the season. But... Uh, <laughs> The New Jersey Devils are off to an amazingly fast start, and they yeah. are—they have the best record in the East, by the way. Yeah, and we also badly underestimated the Golden Knights, it would seem, because they are on a tear. Well, you are 100% right so far. That Not only are they not in last place, but they are in first place. So. Yeah, but I also <laughs> predicted they wouldn't make the playoffs, so it's not like I'm Nostradamus over here. All right. Well, as we were saying, as Gary was saying, it's most teams have only played about four games going into the recording of this mm-hmm. podcast. So we're not getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I just, I, yeah, I think again, the Rangers have lost three of them. That's true. And again, I guess uh, Superfan Sue is having her revenge and, and I apologize. I'm so sorry. Revenge of the Sioux. <laughs> yeah. All but right. Other than that, it's just peachy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, she's got to be happy. I'm sure. And we hope your team is doing well, whatever team that might be. 
And so I guess we have some some other hockey stuff to talk about. I would hope. Otherwise, it's going to be a very short podcast. Yeah, we're all set. We're all set all, to go. All, all but right. Yes, I, we we did able we were able to play for the LIQ over the weekend, which was great. We had a lot of fun. It's great three, having great James games. back. We missed him badly. I missed you guys more, believe me. And it was great to see Patrick show up too, and uh, all the the regular guys and everything. So mm-hmm. really great games, and and you played very well too, despite what you think. Thank you. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Just, it's amazing how well balanced the games are too, the mm-hmm. teams, yeah, and the games. Uh, one goal games and 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 really and we it was so hot and humid that day too with the sun beating down on you so yeah thumbs up to the goalies and God bless you guys for doing such a great job for the whole afternoon oh thank you uh, I'm hopeful that we can get another game in on Saturday this weekend and I will be able to debut my new mask yes looking forward to that and thank you special thank you to Rob for taking care of the Facebook page and making sure that we are playing games so thank you especially to rob for all of the work that you do there like you founding father that's right that's right all right yes so thank you rob thank you everyone in the like yeah. and, and thank you for for tuning in to another episode of hit the deck whether you are in the like or whether you are just a fan and uh, we appreciate you regardless so kudos kudos to you dear listener yes here here <laughs> hmm. all right <laughs> Should we get started? Good idea. Okay, yeah, I think so too. So I think we will just go right into our starting lineups for this particular podcast, episode 73. And for this edition of Hit the Deck, for our starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my illustrious co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, you are. James can I trouble you? Would you be so kind as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir, Captain. All right, thank you. King for a day. A couple of weeks ago, the Kings hosted the official launch of the LA Kings ball hockey program at a local YMCA. Hockey in the community. The heck with going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. We should all want to go to Niagara Falls to play deck hockey. And to see the falls, of course. And iPad Review. Based on the positive outcome of last season's Cup playoffs, the NHL now expanded the use of on-bench iPad video review for the regular season. Everyone's a coach. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are welcome, sir. It strikes me that when I when I introduced that or threw to you there for the on deck, I had a little bit of like uh, FM radio DJ in there. Tell us what's on deck, James. <laughs> <laughs> It's a dying breed, so keep them alive. That's always good. What, what were the uh, what were the morning drive time DJs that I came up with that that one time? Oh, it, yeah, was, uh, yeah. it was it uh, was like Bozo and the Cheech, I think <laughs> something like that. So, yeah, we got to go back to the archives. But it was Bozo and like the that. Cheech That's coming at you. <laughs> I'd tune into that. Oh, fun times. <laughs> Bozo and the Cheech. <laughs> I love the way your mind works. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's I really, I think, I wonder, I'm, not to uh, disparage my mother in any way, but really, I do wonder if I was dropped as a child sometimes. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway. Um, so what, uh, King, Kings for a day. Yes. 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 All that's right. right. Yeah. Right. Or if you are Mike, longtime LIQ member, 
uh, yep. Mike Margiata than you know Kings for life. That's like right. uh, it's you. I'm I'm trying to do some kind of like for life hand signal, but I'm not like for for, for life. You can't. I can't. You can't see what I'm doing, but uh, whatever. Uh are you mixing John Cena with um, the uh, NWO? Do, 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 do. I just saw t- today. I saw actually a commercial because I, I took off from work today for my daughter's birthday, so I could pick her up from school and so we could go out for an early dinner since it was a school night. So yeah, I took off from work and I was watching some TV while I was just sitting home while everybody else was you know working and in school and 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 just having to go through their daily grind. I was just sitting back eating bonbons and enjoying myself. I have no bonbons. Uh, bonbons were great. Do they still make bonbons? Oh, those were so good. It's like uh, chocolate, hard, like hard chocolate covered ice cream, little, not balls, because they had a flat bottom. They were almost bell-shaped. It was uh, so good. I Was that Nestle? I think it was Nestle. Might have been, I don't know. Anyway, I'm way, I've gone way far afield. I apologize. So um, I was talking about me sitting watching TV. And uh, suddenly I hear a, uh, it's like an animated baseball game. And suddenly an elephant with the voice of John Cena is trying to sell me pistachios. Ah, yes. And I said, why, why is a John Cena elephant trying to sell me pistachios? I just, I don't get it. I, I don't see it. (laughs) Do, 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 do. I can't so, yeah. see. It. All right. Uh, so yeah, Kings. Yep. Seamless transition. Well, was John Cena King of the Ring at any point? I'm sure he was, right? Uh maybe, but they they eliminated that tournament a while ago. So I think they they've only had sporadic ones here and there. So I don't I honestly don't know. Well, we're using that as a segue anyway. So Okay. I still say WWF, by the way. So the L.A. Kings partnership with Delta Airlines and Blue Shield of California Mm. got together and started up their own ball hockey program that the Kings mainly sponsor. And the more deck hockey played around this country, the better. And hopefully I know that some of the wildfires are around the L.A. area. I don't think it's in the city itself. Mm -hmm. So, again, hopefully everything's okay and uh, calm down over there. But that seems like a lot of fun. It's well-organized, and the program introduces hockey fundamentals through clinics, classes, and league play, and it's offered to kids ages 5 to 14, Hmm. and league play began in eight YMCAs around the California area, I'm assuming around the LA area, on October 9th. And that sounds like a lot of fun. It's great ages for these young kids, something to do, and all the positives that we've talked about. Uh, And before we go more into the details of this program, if you want to find out more yourself, you can go to lakings.com forward slash ball hockey. You know, it seems like a lot of these NHL teams are making a push for ball hockey lately. I mean, maybe they've been doing it for a while and we just haven't noticed, but... Yeah, it, it really does seem like every week now uh, we're doing a story on a new NHL team that's got some kind of ball hockey initiative, and that's really cool. You know, it's I'm surprised that this hasn't become a, a bigger thing, you know, b- until now, because 
it makes perfect sense to grow the sport with something like ball hockey because, as we've mentioned before, ice hockey is very expensive and not you know necessarily accessible sport for a lot of people to enjoy. So to start people out at this level, which is much, much easier to just jump into, is it seems like a no-brainer for the league. Exactly right. And we've been doing this podcast for close to two years now. Mm. And last year, exactly, there was a story about the Islanders that they did floorball around the uh, Brooklyn area and and Long Island area. And the Pittsburgh Penguins sponsored some deck hockey rinks around the Pittsburgh area and Pennsylvania area in general. But that was about it, really. It was really, you're right. It was few and far between that we had deck specific uh, stories to talk about. And then this year, it's been fantastic. Uh, The Arizona Coyotes and the Dallas Stars and players themselves. And it's, you're right. It's deck hockey specific, obviously, up in Canada too, Montreal uh, and and Toronto. Exactly. It's awesome. And it's nothing but good, positive stuff for young kids to do. And for the, the Kings in particular, for their eight uh, L.A. YMCA's, the league goes from October through January and the clinics are held with an additional nine locations to teach the young kids how to the ins and outs of hockey and without the pressures of skating and exactly buying equipment, expensive equipment and worrying about ice time. And as Gary and I know, and anybody who's played ice hockey, especially in the tri-state area around New York. Uh, Fatio included the man from Staten Island that made it all the way to the New York Rangers ice time. It's really tough. You got to get up very early in the morning or very late at night and it's few and far between. You got to get up pretty early in the morning to play ice hockey. Yeah. That, that didn't really go where I hope it would, but yeah, you know, they do the, this craft sponsors, this thing every year where they, will uh, renovate like uh, one or two rinks, local rinks for people. And then a couple of NHL teams will play a preseason game there. And it's, you know, it's always a big like uh, sponsorship thing and a big promotional thing that the, the league does. But I've got to figure that it's so much cheaper to build a deck hockey rink than it is to, you know, build and maintain an okay. ice hockey rink. Absolutely right. That's, excellent point about the maintenance because ice hockey oh boy that's a mistress that you have to keep happy 24 hours a day yeah deck surface right sorry i'm not i don't mean to cut you off james but yeah with a a a deck surface you're right it's just it's tiles you just keep it clean and debris free and yeah eventually it'll wear down but you can use that for a good long time before it really needs any serious serious maintenance ice you have to keep frozen you just you have to keep it frozen or else you have to start over and you know that's that's money that's a lot of expensive equipment you know that that's it's just and plus if it's an outdoor rink that's a lot of adverse conditions that you have to keep Mm -hmm. it going in the face of so it's just yeah i can't imagine why the league and why more companies aren't embracing this kind of thing uh in in conjunction with the sport so I think we've kind of answered our own questions there, too. Yeah. So exactly. That, that's what's so great about it. And uh, so getting back to the L.A. Kings ball hockey program, Alan Hostrup, the president and CEO of the YMCA of L.A., has said that together with the L.A. Kings, that they've positively impacted thousands of children and teens in L.A. through the great game of ball hockey, specifically mm-hmm. ball hockey. 
and uh, again, as Gary and I have said many times, the kids learn about leadership, sportsmanship, and teamwork all through the LA Kings ball hockey program. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had a bit of a revelation, and it it may not make sense to anyone but me, but I have a weird way of thinking. So, as we discussed, the LA Kings are the favorite team of Mike Margiata, longtime uh, founding member of the LIQ, and and in fact, the man who coined the uh, LIQ name. So, the fan of the LA Kings created the LI Queens. There you go. Yeah, that, that's. I never put two and two together. No, like that. I just I just came up with that. Well done, sir. Yeah. Well done, Mike. Absolutely. Very well done, Mike. And we miss you. Come yeah. back out there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back. Come back soon. Um, yeah. I think he just had his bachelor party, too, so he's getting married soon. Uh, God bless. Yes, yes. Uh, Mazel Tov? Yep. Uh, sure, let's say that. Uh, not that Mike's Jewish, but, you know, whatever. It's all cool. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. Um, and the Kings will donate, and, and getting back to what we're talking about, the benefits you, of deck hockey. You and your getting back on track and your points and your actual relevant conversation. <laughs> I'm just trying to play a part in this uh, wonderful team that is the, the Hit the Deck podcast. No, you're the one who keeps us on the rails. You are incredibly necessary. Don't don't ever sell yourself short on that. Uh, thank you, Captain. But uh, the Kings will donate a million bucks to the YMCA of LA over the next five years to simply grow the sport of hockey. And as part of the donations with support from Delta airlines, uh, 5,000 local youth each year Mm. will receive their own hockey sticks and pucks during the lifetime of the partnership. So the young boys and girls don't even have to worry about buying their own equipment. It will be donated to them by the Kings and the uh, Delta airlines. That's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. So they're not uh, they're they're putting their money where their mouths are and that's pretty impressive. So there's no excuse. If you're in the LA area and you're a young boy or girl between the ages of 5 and 14, you got to pick up the great sport of deck hockey because the Kings and Delta are doing everything they can to encourage you to do so and it's not going to cost you a dime. You're just going to benefit from it. So go for it. Yeah, time to hockey up. That's right. And um Dana Diebel, or D-E-B-E-L is how you uh, spell her last name, and apologies if I mispronounced it. I imagine it's either Diebel or Diebel. Sounds good. Anyway, she's Delta's managing director, and she's quoted as saying, sports help children develop the character, self-esteem, perseverance, and discipline needed to become successful adults. And I couldn't agree with her more. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Dana... Uh, whatever, however you pronounce your last name, I wouldn't want to, you know, offend you. Hey, we we too love growing the sport of hockey here in New York. So, uh, you know, get on one of those Delta planes and come out and visit us, huh? Yeah, really. We play in Queens, and we have not one but two airports in that wonderful borough of ours. And yeah. Delta is a great part of the both of them. So, come on. Sure, sure. Yep, big, big. Uh... Yeah, Delta sponsored Shea Stadium for so many years, and we'd watch mm-hmm. the planes fly over. The same at City Field. Come I think on, they're they're cool. a sponsor of the Rangers too, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So hey, come, come on down and and gift the LIQ with a nice new set of you know ranks and equipment. I yeah, need a just, new stick. 
the American rhino needs a new stick and he needs a new pair of sneakers for crying out loud. That's the surface that we play on. Yeah, I uh, if you've watched the video of my sneaker preparation, if you've watched the goalie sneaker preparation video that we put up on the uh, the LIQ on the Hit the Deck YouTube channel, then you saw the sneakers that I'm working with. They're uh, Asics and. I thought they were going to be good. They, you know, they didn't seem that dissimilar from the the sneakers that I had before. But unfortunately, the every time I play, the, from the first time I played with them, and every time I repair them, it doesn't matter. I glue them, and one of the treads on on my left sneaker, the middle tread on my left sneaker, just keeps tearing off on the side from the surface. Uh, I I really I don't know how to. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Maybe come up with a solution and make another video because <laughs> I have to figure out something. These sneakers are are badly in need of repair. Yeah, and I've personally, exclusively, my sneakers are Asics. I've gone through dozens of pairs of Asics over my adult years, and I've been using a pair of the same pair of Asics since we've played in the LIQ on that hard surface. So it's not a knock on them at all. It's mm-hmm. more. The fact that the surface we play on is so rough, and Gary being a goalie and a butterfly goalie, and a darn good one at that. Well, that more just of a gives hybrid, you an idea. Yes, gives you an idea of the amount of torque and and uh, pressure that he puts on those uh, on those sneakers and the gear that he uses. And that's the point of his excellent YouTube segments is to help deck hockey goalies out there with equipment and how to maintain your stuff too, because Gary. The surface that we play on, it is the worst case scenario. It's really, really as rough as it'll get. It's not tiles. It's not asphalt. It's It's concrete. It's it's, it's rough concrete, too. It's so rough, actually, that we've even a couple of times taken out of our roller skates to just mess around. And between if you're not using a ball puck and that, it's uh, no, it's it's just really can't be done. If we would play on roller blades. Forget about it going through the wheels. It was just it just chews them right up, and that's what it does to our hockey blades, our hockey stick blades, and and the bottom of our shoes and the gear too. Yeah, no joke. I I mean I've had this blade for a while, but I have a few shooter sticks, and I, I've probably mentioned this before on the podcast. Rarely do I get to use them because I'm usually in goal, but I have loaned them to people, and so one in particular I had been loaning to somebody and eventually the blade broke and I got like a replacement ABS blade on Amazon for pretty cheap. And so I put that on and it was like, I don't know, four, you know, four or five inches thick, whatever, whatever the, Mm -hmm. the width of a, you know, normal blade is. And this guy used it for a while and he has since stopped, but like, now the blade thickness is like one and a half inches. It's just it got completely shaved out. I didn't even realize until I looked recently at it because again, I don't really use them. But yeah, that that blade pretty much melted on that surface, and it's just no bueno. No, not at all. But that's the risk you take. That's right. Fortunately, yeah. the kids that are being benefited by this program that the LA Kings are sponsoring will not have to worry about that because they're playing, I assume on, on a nice tiled surface. Right. Or maybe even a gym floor or something. Yeah. Good for them. With the YMCA's. Exactly. So great job. Keep it up. LA Kings. Good stuff. Anything about uh, promoting deck hockey or ball hockey, 
is right up our alley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing there. Yes, I, I concur is what I'm basically, I'm, I'm concurring with James. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just send me over Niagara Falls in a barrel, James. No, that's my gully. Don't do that. Uh. But speaking of which, if we were to go down together, as that uh, great Billy Joel song Indeed. goes. Yeah, the uh, there's a company called Rogers, which is a Canadian media company. Okay. And it's called the Rogers Hometown Hockey Tour. And Sportsnet, which is up in Canada as well, we know Sportsnet here in the States, mm-hmm. New York and Chicago in particular. But Sportsnet, Sportsnet hosts Ron McLean and Tara Sloan are visiting 24 different communities around Canada, and it's only in Canada, to celebrate local hockey history, which seems like a lot of fun. They also have a a website which you could go check out. We'll talk about that later when we're uh, describing it. But the coolest thing about this, the Rogers Hometown Hockey Tour, is deck hockey is featured in their tour. Yeah! Absolutely. So let me guess. They they send a barrel over Niagara Falls, and then they have people like standing on the observation deck shooting pucks at it. And if somebody hits the big X on the barrel, they win free gear for life. That sounds like a great idea. I don't know if they're doing that, but it sounds like a great idea. All and right. Yeah, excuse me, Gary. The uh, and, and apparently the no, I've never been to Niagara Falls. Shame on me. Typical New Yorker. I haven't but, either. Oh, okay. But um, James, we've, apparently- we've, we discussed this on previous podcasts. Upstate New York is not New York. We're not obligated. Yeah, I, I've have, I have been as north as Watertown, where um, West Point is. And I go, my family and I, we go up to the Catskills all the time, too. And Gary just went to a bachelor party up in uh, Lake George area. Yep. Recently. Yep. And we've been to West Point. We, uh, I, we actually, my wife and I, we went up to Highland Falls, which is the town like where West Point is, and we it was right around the Fourth of July, and they were doing fireworks on the base. So we wow. we actually got to go on the grounds of West Point and watch the fireworks from like uh, I guess it was up on on top of a cliff where we were allowed to sit, and they were being shot from the water below. But it was yeah, it was nice. It was a very nice experience. That's a Fourth of July. That's almost as cool as your T-shirt with the. Uh, oh yeah, James. The, James just saw my my new. Uh, well, new. I got it this past Fourth of July around there, but it's uh it's basically a shirt with uh, your your American Rhino. It's the four founding fathers on not the four founding fathers, but the four presidents oh. on Mount Rushmore: Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, and Roosevelt. Uh, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt, and they're playing beach volleyball as jets fly over with red, white, and blue smoke, and uh, an American eagle also flies overhead. Yeah, it 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 it, it just it is to its core ultra American, and that's how your Fourth of July was. The American Rhino. I mean, it doesn't get more patriotic than that. That yeah. is awesome. That should be mandatory for all of us to celebrate the 4th of July in that kind of manner. That's really awesome, man. Yeah, we didn't even know that that was an option. We were just we were staying in the town nearby for, you know, we were vacationing 
and we were eating dinner in a local restaurant and I guess our, our waitress or whatever was like, oh, you going to the base tonight to watch the fireworks? I was like, what? It's like, oh yeah, you they open it up for the public. You can go up to West Point and you can watch. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah. But it's, apparently uh, the nicer side of the Niagara Falls are on the Canadian side. I've heard that, but I refuse to believe it. I agree. I'm with you. So un- until we see it for ourselves, we'll uh we'll debate that. But uh and I'm sure when we come back we'll still admit that the state side is better than the Canadian side. Just our hockey instincts tell us that, if anything else. No, I'm I'm not going. I'm an American, James. I'm not going to educate myself and then make an enlightened decision. I'm just going to stick to my gut and go with what I think is true, whether it actually is or not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you, Facebook and Twitter. But anyway, um, the uh, the cool thing about this tour, which I wish they would come down to the States and do this, but they're keeping it up in Canada, is thousands of people attended the two-day festival mm-hmm. of the 2017-2018 Rogers Hometown Hockey Tour. And about 5,000 people were at the park, and between 8,000 and 10,000 were expected the next day. So there were about 5,000 on Saturday and about double the next day celebrating the hockey tour. And again, there was a lot of meet and greets with National Hockey League alumni. There was country music concert and, of course, ball hockey rink there as well. And they held this particular kickoff when it was the uh, Montreal Canadiens taking on the New York Rangers, as a matter of fact, for that game. That was a couple of Saturdays, and that was last Saturday at the recording of this podcast, if memory serves. So that was part of it, too, with the Sportsnet. And they did like a pregame thing and and had fans in the background and all that stuff. And it was pretty, pretty cool. And hockey being the national sport of Canada and uh, Niagara Falls is very significant to the Canadians and as well as should be. So it was just kind of like went hand in hand. Nice way to kick off their tour. Yeah, sounds like it. It says here that they have a local team called the Ice Dogs that uh, plays, I guess, local to Niagara Falls. Uh, Yes. And the mayor of Niagara Falls has said that uh, it's quickly becoming hockey central over in uh, in that area. So between the falls and hockey, and I think Wayne Gretzky has a distillery up there too. Hmm. So that's a hat trick. You got to go. I mean, let's plan a road trip. So pretty soon people are going to be going over the falls in those giant puck suits that they uh, run around in in, in Rangers intermissions. <laughs> Probably. Which probably is about as safe. Right. And to answer your question, too, yes, the Ice Dogs are a fan favorite there, and they do play uh, ball hockey specifically. But for the ice hockey stuff, Toronto Maple Leafs actually have training camp there, which they held this past September. And they had prospect training camp back uh, around the same time, as well as Team Canada prepared for the World Junior Championship at the Four Pad Arena, which I suppose that's their top-notch ice hockey rink over there in 2010. So there's a lot of hockey intertwined, believe it or not, in the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. I've heard worse names for arenas. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Speaking of which, the Detroit Red Wings kicked off, which it makes sense, their deceased owner, recently deceased owner, Mm. uh, also founded Little Caesars Pizza. Mm -hmm. So they go from Joe Louis Arena, which is probably one of the coolest arena names of all time, and the nickname the Joe and such, to the Little Caesars something or other thing. And that's where they play now. But uh, hockey, anyway, hockey. yeah, it makes <laughs> very good. I mean, it just it stands to reason. Yeah. 
And it, uh, the, the base, oh, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. Well, just to put a cap on this part of the um, Rogers tour is that they care about the families and they want to inspire the next generation of players, fans, and viewers of hockey and the NHL or, or hockey in general. Mm -hmm. from top to bottom and the hometown hockey tour will be visiting 24 communities as we said but it's very brief only 26 days so each basically they only have two days off they will be going consecutively but you can check out the information on their website to see the, where they will be going next so speaking of bad names for mm -hmm. for uh, arenas and and you know places where teams play i just heard about this and i i had to check it out for myself because it's so ridiculous i did not realize so the chicago white Sox, they for years they played at their the, the, for years their stadium was called comiskey park famously and i know this all too well because it's spelled the same way as the majority of my name so people usually people that don't know me usually pronounce it mccomiskey so comiskey park which fine you know that that's classic that's uh, associated with the White Sox. It's fine. That's the name. Then they got a naming rights deal. It was U.S. Cellular Field, which is dumb, but it's not, you know, whatever. It's it's your typical corporate name of a park. And that's it was that for 20 years. And now they, they just recently had a, a new naming rights deal. And now it is Guaranteed Rate Field. Oh, no, really? That is the name of the White Sox Stadium. Guaranteed Rate Field. Good gravy. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> they, they might as well just call it Cash Cow Arena. Because it's, you know, it it's that dumb. Mm-hmm. Wow-wee. Like, I, I don't... I understand. I get it. You know, baseball is a business. All sports are businesses. And these teams want to make as much money as they can off of their investment and fine, whatever. I've, I don't like it, but I've come to terms with it. But if you're going to agree to a deal for naming rights, at least make it something that doesn't make your team sound like a little league team being sponsored by, you know, Tony's window company or, you know, like Bill's used car lot. It's, have a little class. That's all I'm saying. Uh, 100% agreed, man. That's that's rough. Yeah, it's it's just stupid. And it's, it's Chicago. It's not like it's yeah. some low-rate swamp water wannabe. I mm -hmm. mean, it's one of the biggest cities and most famous cities in the world, for crying mm -hmm. out loud. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're not talking about the, uh, you know, the... the um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's be, be careful who we insult here. <laughs> no, I, I was, I was going to say like the uh, the the Ford of Bayonne Dirt Devils. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like this is a this is a major league team, right? A major league baseball team. There's only thirty of them. Yep. <laughs> you know, I and and all right. I don't know what I, I've. I've spent enough time on this. I just, I heard this and I, I couldn't believe it. I've heard some bad stadium names, but. <sighs> yeah, the, there, there's a new low that that's going to be. Oh boy. And this is why I, there, there should be some kind of approval process for these names. Exactly. Like yes. 
that you know, baseball has been so careful. Uh, I, I use, I guess, careful is is in in air quotes, but they've been so careful about not allowing teams to put any kind of corporate logo advertising on their uniforms. Mm-hmm. And James and I know this all too well because when City Field opened for the Mets, they weren't. They had to come up with a new logo or a, a new like special patch to put on the Mets uniforms because they weren't allowed to use the city logo on their uniforms by by major league rule. So if you're so worried about your brand, your iconic brands being uh, untinged by, you know, corporate advertising, then at least, you know, extend the same courtesy to your baseball stadiums Uh, or, you know, and and it's not just baseball. This is just the the most egregious example that I again I, I heard recently, and I wanted to relay it. Uh, it's just I mean, look, I I don't you know soccer and NASCAR those uniforms are, are a joke, you know, the, with the with the amount of advertising that that's plastered all over them, and even basketball is getting into the act. The NBA is getting into the act, but you know I'm not saying these sports have to be pure, but again have some kind of review process have some kind of consideration or dignity you know associated with it don't don't just don't just automatically give it to the highest bidder you know that's that's how you lose your integrity I completely 100% agreed and uh, anybody who knows something about marketing or advertising too i'd love to see how much money they had to spend on the signage for all of this nonsense it's a mouthful too. It's not just like saying, "Oh, I'm going to the ballpark or something." I'm going to the so and so, blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm. Me and me and Jim are going to the rate. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't imagine. No. All right. Well. All right. Well, I'll get down off the box now. That was no, that, that was inadvertent. That just kind of happened. We need we need that spirit. We need that logic. So keep it up, man. Keep it up. Hopefully people will start hearing it and believing it. We'll start a revolution for people using their heads for once and I brains am, for crying out loud. Well, I am nothing if not passionate. I have the passion of a 20-year-old and the knees of a 70-year-old. <laughs> but, God bless you. But, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still full of vim and vigor. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, talking about modern technology, the final point of the night will be about the use of iPads on the bench in-game throughout the NHL. Speaking of branding and and advertising, Uh you notice they're not tablets, they're iPads. Exactly right. Very good point, the American Rhino. And how this works is that they started it in the postseason last year, and now it's league-wide, so every game, every team will have at least three iPads at its disposal. The idea Mm -hmm. is for at least two assistant coaches to have access to the iPad at all time, and either the head coach or even players, believe it or not, to have access to the iPads. And the NHL was really surprised how players and coaches embraced it so quickly and how good everything turned out, too. To me, it's it's I if I were a betting man, I would have thought that maybe there would have been rules against this, but it's amazing how well, it has worked out. And the NHL, as Gary and I have said, too, in the past, it's always been on the cusp of looking forward and uh, breaking down barriers and technology and 
being at the fore of all of that stuff, just from the equipment and, and the fact that you're playing on indoor ice has always fascinated me. And we just talked about how difficult it is to maintain that. But this is another example of the NHL that's embracing technology. And the application is called iBench. It's an application on the iPad. And XOS Digital Thunder video product is the uh, the, the makers of it, That that if I'm saying that correctly. But Brant Berglund is the XOS Digital Director of Hockey Products, and he's basically the man behind the whole thing. And it's been a match made in heaven, and it's been a lot more successful than he or the league expected in, in the get-go. Yeah, you know, I've noticed that with the reviews this season, and maybe it was the case last season as well, and I just didn't notice, but with the the reviews that the, uh, you know, if, if a coach institutes a challenge and the referee has to go to review the call, you know, you would before you would just, I guess, throw it to Toronto and they'd get on a headset. They probably do the same thing now, but now the referees are standing there with iPads of their own and they're looking at the plays, I guess, that are being streamed from Toronto. But yeah, so they're, I, I suppose, whoever the judge is in the, you know, the war room is, is, able to explain the decision or, or the, the referee is able to say, okay, well, you know, let's go back and look at that again and slowly, okay, there, do we have another angle? That They're able to follow along with the review process and I guess participate in it. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, at least you know that if you're the referee is whatever, I, I guess there's more, uh, it's not just, oh, we'll throw it to that room and whatever that mystery guy says goes. Now, you know, it's, the referee can explain the decision to the coaches and say, yeah, I saw it. This, it, it really wasn't conclusive or, or it definitely happened or whatever, you know, they have access now and the coaches do too, because they also have this software. They have access to the same streams and, and, you know, angles and what have you that everybody else does. So I think it makes it a little more transparent. There are still going to be calls that we're not going to agree with as fans and we're going to scratch our heads on. How could you interpret it that way? But at least now everybody has access to the same information. So, right. And yeah. yes, and it's high definition and it's real time. It's it's basically immediate. Yeah. And I, I suspect that's also part of the reason why they changed the rules a little bit this year. Exactly. We, we discussed right. this where coaches challenges work a little differently this year, where previously any coaches challenge was allowed. And if they lost, it would cost the team a timeout so if you didn't have a timeout you couldn't make the challenge now at least with offsides calls i think this is only for offsides for scoring plays i think it it still works the way it did previously but for offsides calls they no longer lose a timeout they uh if a coach does lose a challenge then the team is instead assessed a delay of game penalty which mm -hmm. you know can can more directly affect the game and I suspect the only reason they were comfortable in making that is because the coaches do now have instant access to that feed right there on the bench. And, you know, they can make that decision whether they want to challenge it or not a lot more quickly and a lot more accurately than they would before. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, the Philadelphia Flyers were burned by that because they were called, they were playing Nashville and they tried to have a goal disallowed because of an offside. Mm -hmm. And when you saw the replay, it was clearly they were onside. Nashville got the 
goal and then Philadelphia went I think Nashville went on like a five on three mm-hmm. and Nashville scored another goal because of the delay of game penalty so exactly you have to keep that in the back of your mind and I think you're right the reason why they're comfortable with doing that is everybody has access to the state-of-the-art technology and you're all seeing the same thing so there's really no excuse at that point point. and when you're splitting hairs like that it's. It, I think it's great that they're trying to get it right, but mm-hmm. to me, even with baseball too, if it's a bang-bang play or if it's something that's not obvious and it goes against your team, obviously you're going to be upset, but if it's so close and you really have to give credit to the referees to that they do this and, and, and the linesmen in real time and they initially say whatever the play is yeah. and they go on from there. So that I hope that that also gives fans and players an appreciation of how good the refs and umpires are because it's really when you're splitting hairs like that, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, I guess the next level of this technology is going to be f- iPads for all the fans in attendance and they can <laughs> vote on what they think the call is. <laughs> now that that's going to go really well in New York. Yeah. I mean, the morons either stealing them or throwing them <laughs> on the ice. No, I kid though. Cause that, that would never work. Cause obviously the home crowd would be biased towards the home team, but um, really? yeah, actually though, speaking of timeouts and rule changes, There was one big one that we forgot to mention on the podcast last week when we were going over new rule changes, and this one could actually have a significant impact on teams, especially towards the end of the season, I would think, when everybody's tired, and that is they changed it so that now a team that ices the puck, they can no longer take a timeout to rest their players, whereas before a team... so. The, the rule for icing is if you ice the puck, you don't get to change your players. The players that were on the ice when the puck was iced, they have to stay out on the ice. And if that happened late in a game, previously often coaches would take their timeout because even though they couldn't change their players, they could give them a little break from the timeout. But now they've eliminated that option. So they cannot take that time out anymore. And so now those players have to go back out immediately on the ice and, and play unless the other team, the team that didn't ice the puck, still has the option to take the time out in that, that case. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that in the, the last uh, No, I, I don't recall. I know we mentioned the rule about the, the review and mm-hmm. face-offs. The, Face-offs, yeah, and the, the, they changed the face-offs. We kind of breezed through that, but I don't think we mentioned the icing thing. I think we did, but okay. If, if anything, we definitely mentioned it now, so All right, thank yeah, you for so, so be aware of that rule change. Okay. Much appreciated, sir. We uh, do Just being the goalie that he is, always backing us up and making sure that we're on the up and up, so thank you, sir. Occasionally things pop in my head, and I just I have to let them out. And getting back to the iPad stuff, iPad, excuse me, the Pittsburgh Penguins, as we all know, won the Stanley Cup last year back-to-back, and uh, Coach Mike Sullivan really sang the praises of the iBench uh, application mm. and the fact that they could make on-the-fly tactical changes Yeah, uh, as their opponents could as well, but that just really changed the thing. It's kind of like, it's pretty amazing that they have real-time information in high definition, and the players were even looking at it too. But they're trying to make sure that they keep it for special teams. And in hockey, what special teams are, are the penalty kill and the power play. Mm -hmm. And um, that they were also quoted as saying that they want to stick with the same five-on-five information like uh, Rick Tockett, who was the assistant coach on the cup-winning Penguins last year, is now Mm -hmm. the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes. And that's what he was saying, that uh, he was able to make quick adjustments to the 
penalty kill and power play, especially in terms of Phil Kessel and how they were able to use him as a dynamic player that he is. But they want to still keep between periods the way it is and just keep this stuff in real time, bite-sized information that they could change when you only have a two-minute power play or whatever the case is and not inundate players with too much information and confuse them. Yeah, I mean, just even breaking down an entire period's worth of stuff during the intermission just seems like a daunting task. And at that point, yeah, you probably don't want to go too crazy with with the kind of in-game between period coaching. You know, if the coach wants to change up a strategy, that's fine. But to go in and back and review tons of video during the intermission seems counterproductive. And just you mentioned Mike Sullivan kind of embracing this technology. That's not surprising to me at all, because if I remember, he was a big video guy when he was an assistant with the Rangers. So mm. the fact that he's using this tool, you know, so effectively is... is in character for him. Excellent point. And also that they like to use the eye bench for skating space, defensive alignments, and goalie maneuvers, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we don't have a coach that's telling me where to stand. <laughs> or maybe maybe unfortunately, I could probably use the help sometimes. Well, you always seem to be in right position when, when we're playing, so yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't worry about that. Not but, always. Hey, if Apple, you want to give the American Rhino an iPad, he's not going to object. Yeah, that might be a little bit a little difficult to use in game. Right. <laughs> Although, if it helps me to block the puck, I hey. can use that. <laughs> Ping. There you go. Yet something else that it does. Yeah. But, uh, really, kudos to the NHL for surveying the arenas and putting a plan in place to install the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. that was extremely important in that this software can run smoothly on it. And that's exactly what it did. The teams were able to get the information immediately without interfering with anything. Mm -hmm. And it worked splendidly. And that's why the NHL was comfortable enough to do the research, prepare their arenas and make sure that it was safe to go along for the entire year. And just seems to be another match made in heaven for the NHL. Yeah, although they seem to be plugged in at all times and charging at all times. So that's got to be awful for the battery life. Yeah, right. Well, I'm sure they'll overcome that. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Oh, so that's going to do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. And uh, once again, we've managed to prattle on much longer than expected. You know, uh, let it not be said that James and I do not have the capacity to just talk about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I I am a champion at that, if nothing else. Take that, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yada, 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 right in your soup Nazi I don't, I never, I didn't watch the show. I can't, I, I have, I, I lack, I lack the appropriate frame of reference to uh, make fun of it. So, um, hey, you faked it well. Yeah. Hey, he's a Met fan. So the only episodes I watched were when Keith Hernandez was on. So. That's true. He's a Met fan. He, it's, uh, he has a nice uh, luxury box on the field level uh, in the, in the, the super expensive behind home plate seats. I know that because they pointed it out when we were taking a tour and they were trying to get us to buy season tickets. So uh, yeah, well, good for him. Anyway, I'm not going to thank Jerry Seinfeld because why would I, I am going to thank pops for being the voice of the podcast uh, Anthony Sajazi for providing music and the LIQ for providing sound effects. I will thank you every single time for listening to the Hit the Deck podcast. It is 
imperative to us that you continue to listen because without you there is no us so uh, thank you and if you enjoy the listening experience please share it with others please feel free to rate us on itunes subscribe if you haven't already done so totally subscribe it's it you know it, it's just we're really we're just trying to make your life easier Subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcast or whatever it's called now on Stitcher, Spotify, the Podbean app. We've, we've talked about that. Podbean, uh, it's actually really cool. They've made some upgrades, I think, and yep. it's it can increase the volume and make the sound quality better in like loud background noise conditions. It can speed up the podcast a little bit, take out those silences, which we try to do artificially, but it'll streamline the podcast a little more. You know, subscription, there are all kinds of subscription options and it's a it's a great app you should give it a try if you have not already of course we want to plug our youtube channel which if you've been following if you are subscribed to our youtube channel then you know that this past weekend i posted a new a brand new hit the deck how to about how to repair a goalie blocker it's a it's a nice nice quickie and I think for you goalies out there, that is going to be something that you're going to want to take a look at because all of our equipment tears, you know, and rips eventually, and it's a lot cheaper to repair it than it is to go out and buy a new one. So especially it's a lot more convenient also if it's already broken in and you love it. So, you know, you, you're going to want to take a look at that one. If you're not subscribed, do so, please. We've got another play-by-play -play coming out this weekend and I think you're going to enjoy that. James and I, I think we're really on our game when we recorded that one. So I, I think you're going to want to hear and watch that. And, you know, oh, and obviously every podcast, every episode of Hit the Deck is also available on YouTube for your listening convenience. So, uh, you know, check that out. And I, I think that's all. Oh, no, contact us. Yes. Ha ha. I remembered. <laughs> I occasionally remember things. If you want to contact us in some way for some reason, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. You can check us out on our Facebook page, Instagram. Leave a comment on YouTube. Honestly, it's not as bad. Our channel's not as bad as the rest of YouTube. So our, our YouTube comment section is a safe space where you can feel free to, to just drop us a line. We would love to hear your feedback. And I think that's all I've got. James, is there anything you'd care to add? Yes, you're always so busy thanking everybody else. And we all, on behalf of the HTD family, want to thank you Why? for all that you do. And thank you for taking care of all of this stuff and exactly doing the editing and, and the YouTubes and all that. So thank you for all of the segments and so on and so forth. Man. So much appreciated. And also, Superfan Sue, if you're listening, and you probably are, that's why you're Superfan Sue, the next edition we plan to have a couple of devil's stories just for you. And uh, I was going to make it up for my little slight of the last edition, regardless of suffering through the season so far. But just wanted to let you know that. And uh, happy birthday to your lovely daughter, the American Rhino. Thank and I hope you. she has a great weekend and year to come. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, James. So, yeah, I echo that sentiment. And I will, of course, leave you off with the same sentiment that I always do. And that is, no matter what you are doing, whether you are playing deck hockey in California or going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, 
or uh, whether you're messing around on an iPad or just out there having a good time, I urge you to always, always, always remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Maybe you and I could uh, scrounge up some money and hit the deck stadium. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we have that kind of scratch lying around. We have stickers. We can just give them a bunch of stickers. <laughs> that wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs>